looking at the book of Matthew chapter 25. This is the third week as we are on this series. We're going to read from verse 14. If you found it, say amen. amen. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. I have said over and again that the goods delivered to the servants belong to the master. The servants were servants. The servants were stewards. And the Bible tells us that we are stewards of the many blessings of God. We own nothing. Everything that we own or everything we possess today, we are stewards of. Tell your neighbor you are a steward. And the Bible says it is required that a steward be found faithful. Because if a steward is not found faithful, what has been given or entrusted to the steward will be taken away from him. The Bible says naked we came into this world. And naked we must leave. Some people are so caught up on material things. Their whole pursuit in life is about material possession. But don't forget, you came naked and you're going to leave naked. I believe with all of my heart that the only thing you take with you the day you leave this world is what you've done in people's lives. You're going to take people with you the day you leave. I believe the day comes when we appear before the glory of God in heaven that those whose lives we have touched on this side of eternity shall come to us and thank us for what we did for them here. The Bible says the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of the things that he has. For those that are in pursuit of material possession, for those that are in pursuit of what the world calls success, I want you to understand that God's definition of success is contrary to the world's definition of success. There's nothing wrong in having some money. There's nothing wrong in having a good house. There's nothing wrong in driving a good car. There's nothing wrong in having some education. But you've got to understand that when it is all said and done, what will matter is what you've done for God. What will matter is what you've done in the lives of people. What will matter are the souls that you're going to take with you the day you close your eyes in death. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We own nothing. We came naked and we will live naked. I pray that that sinks deep into people's hearts today. The Bible talks about a man who walked very hard and, and he said to himself, My soul, relax. Enjoy yourself. You've walked so hard. Your barn is filled with goods. But he never gave glory to God. Who gave him grace and wisdom and ability to walk hard. And the Bible says that night, God appeared to him and said, Oh foolish man, your life will be taken from you tonight. And let me see who will enjoy the things that you've worked for. 
We are not on earth to pursue things. We are here to pursue God. Your amen is very weak this morning. We are not here to pursue things. We're here to pursue God. We're here to find out God's ultimate purpose for humanity. And we're here to align our lives to God's purpose. For when we know God's purpose, then we can run with it. Can someone say amen? amen? So the pursuit of this and the pursuit for that and the pursuit for that has actually robbed people of the true meaning of life. Of the true meaning of success. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Can I tell you, when the Bible says you lose your soul, the Bible is not just inferring that you lose your soul when you die and go to hell, but the Bible is actually talking about losing your soul on this side of eternity. What is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions? Many in pursuit of things and desire to, to succeed and to excel in life and to rise up and climb up the corporate ladder, they will do anything to get there. But what happens at the end of the day when they've got into that place, they realize that nothing natural really satisfies. The only thing that satisfies is a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus, to be full of the Holy Ghost and to walk in the purpose and the plan of God for your life. If you believe it, give the Lord your biggest shout of hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. hallelujah. So he called his servants to himself and he gave them his goods. Everyone say he gave them his goods. That's why I'm emphasizing that you own nothing. Everything that is in your possession today are all owned by God. He owns everything. And until you adopt the stewardship mentality and get rid of the ownership mentality, you will never rise up to the place that God has destined for you. Some people have... The ownership mentality, they think it belongs to them. And if you think it belongs to you, if you think your life belongs to you, if you think the breath in your nostrils belongs to you, if you think the money in your pocket belongs to you, if you think that everything you own belongs to you, then you're going to use it for your selfish purposes. But when you understand that everything that is in your possession today all belongs to God, then before you take a step, you're going to ask Him, Lord, what should I do with this? Is that right? You're not going to move from city to city, from country to country, from nation to nation without consulting with God first. I've had many people come to me and they would say, Pastor God, well, I want to go there. I want to go. I said, no, don't say I want to go there. The first thing to do is to find out where God wants you to be. Because the best place to be is not in the most developed nations of the world. The best place to be is in the center of the will of God. And that's what I've told people over and over again. And because a lot of people fail to realize that the best place to be is in the center of the will of God. They move from a place to the next place. And they find out that the next place they have moved into does not have anything for them. It's all in pursuit for things. All in pursuit for material possession. And there's nothing wrong in having some material things. But you've got to understand. 
If God does not bring it, then it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. My Bible says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain, they build it. Except the Lord watch over the city, the watchmen are awake in vain. So we've got to let God build our lives and we must not be in a hurry. Let God lead. Let God guide. Let God set the level of your increase. Let God set the level of your prosperity. Don't be in a hurry to get anything. Just serve the Lord and find out His plan for your life and pursue God's plan for your life and go after souls and bring people into the kingdom of God. For if you will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all the things that the Gentiles are dying to get shall be added to you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm preaching to this section here. That's why your amen, your amen is, your amen is, your amen is better. So it seems like I'm just going to stay here. Let me stay here. Until they get involved, let me just stay here with these people here. Amen. So we're looking at Matthew 25. <laughs> Do this to your neighbor. Give them a nudge. Awesome. Verse 15 tells us, it says, And to one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, and to the third guy he gave one talent. I want you to notice this phrase here. It says, to each according to his own ability. That's so very important that we understand that the master gave to each according to their ability. Not according to the master's ability, but according to the ability of the servants. And let me just go ahead of myself, even though I have it in my notes and I haven't got the got there yet but let me tell you your ability determines how much you can have if you don't increase in ability then more is not going to be given to you because my bible says that he that's faithful with little will be made a ruler over much Sometimes we see people that God has exalted and we see people that God has placed on a pedestal and we envy them. People envy people when you see them up there, but we must not envy anybody. You must first ask yourself the question, what have they done to get there? People like the glamour, but they don't want to pay the price. There is always a price to pay to see God lift you up to a place of prominence. When you see someone walking the glory of God, You've got to ask yourself the question, what did they do? Because there's something you do to walk in the glory of God. When you see someone running a huge business, don't just envy them and try to be like them. Ask the question, what have they done to get there? Because there's something you do to run a big business. Are you listening to me? Today, what you see a lot of times in the body of Christ is monkey see, monkey do. Because my friend is doing it, then I'm going to do it too. And then you try to do it and you fail because you don't have grace to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do it, but you don't know the price they paid to get to where they are today. So you've got to find out the price that was paid and you've got to pay the same price. And I'm not talking about paying the price of shedding your blood on the cross because that has been paid by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We come to the Father only because of what Jesus did on the cross. But the moment we become born again believers, the Bible says that we have been saved to do good works. And there's a price to pay to rise up. 
There's a price to pay to carry the presence of God. There's a price to pay to carry God's glory upon your life. There's a price to pay to run whatever God has called you to do. The Bible says in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, write the vision down, make it plain upon tablet so that those that read it can run with it. For the vision is for an appointed time. There is a time when this vision shall come to manifestation. There is a time when this vision shall come to fruition. But before the manifestation of the vision, you've got to do what you've got to do before the vision comes to pass. But if you're not willing to do what you must do for the vision to come to pass, then you can dream all you want. You can fantasize all you want. The vision will never happen. I won't say there is a price to pay. Come on, say it like you mean it. There is a price to pay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody here this morning? Yes. He gave one five talents. He gave the next guy two talents. He gave the third guy one talent. The Bible tells us he gave them according to their ability. You've got to increase in ability. You've got to apply yourself. Because if you don't apply yourself, then your ability would not increase. Someone came to me, this was years ago. The young lady came and said, Pastor Gabriel, I said, yeah. She said that the Lord has spoken to me. And the Lord said that I'm going to run a huge conglomerate. I said, well, that's exciting. I'm so happy for you. But my first question is, what have you done? Can you use a computer? She said, no. I'm sorry, you may never run a conglomerate. There's a price. There's something you've got to do. I'm talking about maximizing your potential. To maximize is to make bigger. To maximize is to increase. Increase in size. If you want the potential that God has given to you to increase, you've got to do something about it. And you don't have to study everything. You don't have to be jack of all trade, master of none. You've got to study what will help you in the area where God has called you. Are you listening now? I say you've got to study in the area where God has called you. And how can you study in the area where God has called you and maximize potential? It is when you discover what God has called you to do. In other words, if you don't discover what God has called you to do, you're going to be putting your hands here and your hands there and your hand here the next day. And some people, my God, they come to you, they say, God spoke to me last year to do this and they start doing it. And then they come again and they say, six months later, the Lord has changed his mind. God's not schizophrenic. Sorry, I said it. God don't change his mind every now and then. Can someone say amen? amen. I said God don't change his mind every now and then. Forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. God don't change his mind now and then. The next day, he tells you to do something else. And one day, you are an apostle. The next day, you are a prophet. And then next month, you are a pastor. And then two months later, you are an evangelist. And you want to travel the whole world. And then the next month, you are a businessman. Hello? Hi. Tell your neighbor, God don't change his mind like that. Praise the Lord. What he told you two years ago stands. <laughs> Let me say that again. <laughs> what the Lord told you two years ago stands. Amen. Isaiah chapter 55 tells us from verse 10. 
as the rain and the snow cometh from heaven and returneth not back again, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bow, that it might give seed to the sower and bread for eating. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which I sent it and prosper in the thing that I please. Amen. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I like excited people when I preach. Amen. 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 Anyone here? Amen. Is anyone getting anything here this morning? Amen. You guys are wild. I like this. But let me, let me check these ones out here in the back. Amen. Let me check you guys out here. Amen. All my French brethren, are you okay? All my French, French brethren, can you say amen? amen? Say amen. amen. Say like you say it in Africa, amen. 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 That's an, this amen is with, a, with an E at the end. Amen. That's the Congolese way of saying amen. Is that, is that right? Amen. Say it. Awesome. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, he gave to each one according to his ability. So we have to improve in ability. We have to increase in ability. I have resolved in my heart, I won't be average. I will not be average. You can be average or you can be excellent. And I chose excellence. You can be excellent or sloppy. I chose excellence. Who wants to be excellent? Awesome. You've come to the right church. According to their ability, he gave them one, five, and the next two. And the third guy gave one. If you finish out the story, the Bible tells us that when the master of the servants returned, he called them together and asked them to give him account of what they've done with what he gave them. And the guy he gave five talents to said, you gave me five talents, but I've doubled them. What did he do? He doubled them. Why did he double them? Because he was a diligent worker. Today, we are talking about what the, the Lord has given to us for this year, 2018. That this is a year of open doors. And this is a year of the more excellent way. But I've challenged people over and again. That though this is a year of open doors, what will you do when the door opens? It's not enough to believe that this year, doors are going to open to you. My question to you is, what will you do when the doors open? What will you do when that opportunity shows up? Are you ready? Have you done what you're supposed to do? Have you trained yourself? Have you applied yourself? Have you worked hard on your trade? What will happen when that massive door opens in front of you this year? What will you do? It's not enough to have it open. It's not enough to walk in through the door. But you've got to be ready to deliver when that opportunity shows up. Amen. That's why I preach the way I preach. 
Because I'm not just excited when someone comes and shouts, the Lord will bless you, the Lord will give you this, and the Lord will give you that, and the Lord will open up new doors, and everyone is shouting, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But when the door opens, you've got to do something about it. I've seen people who don't want to even educate themselves. I've seen people who don't want to apply themselves. They, they, they rather spend two hours on Facebook than spend that time studying. It's getting quiet now in this Pentecostal church. He gave them according to their ability. The guy who had five talents doubled. The guy who had two talents doubled. The guy who had one talent said to the master, I took your talent and I dug into the earth and I hid your talent. Here is the talent you gave me. Take it. He had such a bad attitude. And everything is about attitude. I say everything is about attitude. In act of fact, your attitude would determine your altitude. The attitude you have when you start a project will determine whether the project will succeed or not. Right, me, me all the time. Oh yeah, you all the time. You all the time. That's why you. Isaiah one eighteen. The Bible says, "If you be willing and obedient, you shall lead the good of the land. If you be willing and if you be what." Pardon? Not just obedience, but will. That's willingness. No, no, no. Don't say obedience. Obedience is not the only thing there. There are two requirements. If you are willing and obedient, willingness deals with your attitude. Obedience deals with your action. When you call your child, they say, go get me a glass of water. And the child feels that, well, I've been running errands since morning. And then the child shows you that attitude. Even though the child goes to the kitchen and gets you a glass of water, you know that the child is not doing it with a good attitude. The child obeyed, but the child was not willing. But the child did it because you are daddy or mommy. And the child felt obliged to do it because of your position. Is that right? But there was no willingness. How many people are doing stuff in the church and they are grouchy and complaining and they are upset? Yet they want to see the blessing of God, but they don't see the blessing of God because they have a bad attitude. No, I'm not up here this morning or afternoon to rebuke you. I'm here to preach the word of the Lord. So let me see a smile on your face, at least, because I'm preaching good. Thank you very much. I'm going ahead. <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. The master said to the guy who had five talents and the guy who had two talents, he said to them, because you doubled your talents, well done. Everyone say, well done. well done. That's what God's going to say to us on that day. I tell you, when we appear before him in glory, he shall say, well done. That's why you need to be well cooked. Some of you will get that next month. That, yeah, that's, why you, yeah, that's why you need to be well cooked. That's the reason why we preach a lot on the fire of God and let the fire of God fall on people and cook them well. 
We tell people the longer you stay under the power of God, the more you change. And some of you look like you need some cooking. Throw you this morning into the oven of the Holy Ghost. And make sure that you're well done before we bring you out. Praise the Lord. As I praise the Lord. Notice it says well done. When the food is well done, then you know this food is ready to be eaten. Is that right? So that's why we bring you here. And we make sure that the Holy Ghost puts you in his oven. And cooks you well. So that when you get over to the other side, the master will say well done. You were well cooked. Well done, he said to them. Enter now into the joy. Ha ha, I like that. Notice what he tells them. Into the joy, not into the depression of the Lord. <laughs> Enter now into the joy. Everyone say joy. Joy, joy is a good thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. I preach with joy. I'm not, a, I'm not a depressed pastor. I'm a joyful pastor. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Some of you need, look like you need some joy this morning. Say, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, it's happening. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. This is a joyful gospel. This is not a depressed gospel. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. When Philip, when Philip went to Samaria, Acts chapter 7, the Bible said the whole city gave heed to the things that Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles that he kept performing in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said great joy came to the city. Great joy. What's great joy? Ha, ha, ha. Hey. Ha. <laughs> Glory to God. My God, don't look like great joys over here. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, hey. Glory to God. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. The Bible says great joy came to the whole city of Samaria. Why? Because when the gospel comes, the gospel brings joy. You cannot know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and still wear a face like you're sucking on lemon. When you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be filled with joy. You will be filled with joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Some are waking up already. <laughs> great joy. I want to say great joy. great joy. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Heaven is a place of joy. Amen. My God, for those of you who don't know how to rejoice in church, when you get to heaven, you are going to be so disappointed. Because <laughs> he ha -ha, heaven is a place of joy. The Bible even tells us that uh, there is joy before the throne of, of God when a sinner repents. So I'm telling you that every moment, because people are repenting all over the world, I'll tell you that people are rejoicing before the presence of God every moment someone gives his or life to Jesus. When someone returns from the world of darkness and comes into the kingdom of light, there is great joy in heaven. So heaven is a place of great joy. Have some joy. No, no, don't say amen. Have some joy. Aha, that's it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Joy. Joy, some more joy. 
Someone said, but why is she laughing? She, because she's joyful. When you're full of joy, it will manifest because joy has a voice. Ha, ha, ha. See, that's how it's happening to you. It's actually it's spilling over. It's, I'm, I'm laying hands on her, but it's spilling over to you. Yeah, it's spilling over. And the thing about joy is it's contagious. The moment someone receives joy and begins to laugh and begins to flow in joy, it begins to affect people sitting around them. And they see, see, see what's happening. Yeah, it's contagious. Joy. <laughs> joy is good. Joy is good. Depression is bad. Depression is from the devil. Joy is from God. Amen. The Bible says, John, speakable and full of glory. Amen. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow forth rivers. 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 Of joy. River, ha, ha, ha. Joy, joy, joy. She's getting filled with joy. Yeah, more, more, more. Don't think, drink. Joy. It comes from here, not from here. Joy. Joy. Joy, 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 joy. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> joy, 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 joy. Don't look at them. You drink. <laughs> it's happening in the back area here. It's happening in the back area here. Sister Joy, joy. Uh-huh. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. ha The Bible says that when he turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dreamed, and then was our mouth filled with laughter. Hallelujah. And then it was said amongst the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. Has the Lord done great things for you? Come on now, say, has the Lord done great things for you? Has the Lord done great things? Great things. Great things. Great. Great. The Lord does great things. Amen. Has he healed your body? Has he set your mind free? Has he healed your children? Has he given you a good job? Yeah. Has he given you a future and a hope? Yeah. Then the Lord has done great things. And if that is the case, then give the Lord your biggest shout of praise. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Hey. Glory to God. Ha. Enter now. I got stuck on this joy thing. And I'm still stuck on it. Can't really shake it off. Joy. He said, enter now into the joy of your Lord. Amen. You know what we experience in church? Is a taste. Of what we're going to have. When we go cross over. Christopher, drink some more. You're a, big drink, you're a big drinker. Drink. 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 Drink with your, your buddy, Sam. Your friend, Sam. What if you drink? Drink, drink, drink. Drink, drink, drink. Someone say, is he preaching? Yeah, I'm preaching. Drink, 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 drink. <laughs> No, no, because a lot of, in a lot of places, it's dry, dry word. The Bible said the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. 
The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We're not here to preach the dry message. Amen. And sometimes the word happens to be so strong. It's so, you know, you need some new wine of the Holy Ghost to help with digestion. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Teddy, you feel, you're full of joy. Full of joy. Full of joy. Amen. Have some more joy. Yes. Have some more joy. Have some more joy. Diana, have some more joy. More joy. Put your hand on the baby. Let the baby, rec let the baby receive. Baby be filled. <laughs> baby be filled. John the Baptist was filled in his mother's womb. Why not? Are you, have you guys got a name so I can just start calling whether it's a boy or a girl? Have you got a name? I just start. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> no, it can't be. No, Christopher, it can't be Christopher. Let's know the sex of the baby first. <laughs> but if you guys want to go with that, then it's Christy, maybe. No, I'm just joking. No. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Enter now into the joy. And it comes to the third guy. The third guy said, look, I know you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. And what I did was because I was afraid and lazy. See, these are the two big problems. Lazy. The Bible said the lazy man puts his hand into the bowl of food and does not take it out. The Bible said the lazy man says, I won't go to work because there is a lion outside. That's a lion outside. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? A little sleep. A little folding of hands. So shall your poverty come like a man who is armed. Are you still here? Yeah. I was lazy and I was afraid. What does fear do? Fear will paralyze you. What does fear do? Fear will stop you from stepping into tomorrow. Fear will tell you today that tomorrow is bad. But tomorrow hasn't come. Don't worry, Jesus said, about what you shall eat and what you shall drink and what you shall wear. Because your Father in heaven knows that you need these things. But seek ye first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Can someone say amen? amen. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't bother about tomorrow. God has your tomorrow in his hand. I said, God has your tomorrow in his hand. Amen. I said, God has your tomorrow Amen. 
in his hands. So the master was so dissatisfied, disappointed with this servant that took his talent and hid it. And that's exactly what so many are doing. And so when I started this series, I talked to you about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I said that everyone that's born again has a gift. Say to me, I have a gift. gift. We talked about the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the power gifts, the revelation gifts, and the utterance gifts. The power gifts are the gift of the walking of miracles and the gift of faith and the gifts of healings. The revelation gifts are the gift of discerning of spirits and the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom. The utterance gifts are the gift of the simple gift of prophecy and the gift of diverse kinds of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. The Bible says that we can desire these gifts. 1 Corinthians 14. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That's the role you play. When you desire, then the Holy Ghost will use you. What is the best gift? The one you need at the moment. Praise the Lord. And then last week, I began to look at even the natural side. Because I said everyone has been given something. I began to look at how many have made a mark in history that cannot be erased. Many are still making marks in history that will never be erased. People are writing history as I speak to you right now. Did you know that? With just natural ability. And I know last week I said these are natural gifts or natural talents But even though we say they are natural, it's important that we emphasize they all came from God. The book of James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So everything that's good comes from God. Oh, Pastor Godwell, I thought the devil gives gifts too. No, my Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill and what? Destroy. So the devil does not give anything good. Anything that's good came from God. Now, if it is used wrongly, it is because it's being distorted. Hello. Because when, say, when Lucifer fell, God did not take the gift to give to him. But what happened was the wisdom of Lucifer was distorted. That's why the Bible talks about the wisdom that comes from God, which is first pure. And the wisdom of this world, which is devilish. So which means the wisdom of the devil was not taken, rather it was distorted. Do you understand that? Because the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. Once they are given, they will not be retrieved. Are you listening to me? My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. When God gives, he doesn't take it back. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? So it was distorted. 
That's why you see the chaos, the, the confusion, the anarchy. You see total confusion you see in many places today in the world. Why? Because there is a devil that's on the loose. Are you listening to me? Let me also throw this out for free. Some people say, Satan, I cast you to hell. No, it's not going to hell. <laughs> I want to throw that one out for free. You don't cast the devil to hell. It's not the time yet. Even Jesus didn't. Who do you think you are? <laughs> I cast you to hell. No, no, no. There is a time. The day is coming when the master will deal with that. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? But he's still running loose all over the earth. Walking from place to place. Causing confusion. That's why the church of Jesus Christ. Every believer here today. And those watching via the internet. You must stand in your place of authority. Don't let the enemy come and harass you. And mess your life up. No. You stand in your place of authority. And you tell him that this is not your territory. You have no business in my family. You have no business on my job. You have no business in my life. You have no business in my health. You've got to stand in your place of authority and victory and enforce the victory of Calvary. Amen. Can someone shout amen? amen? So we looked at these things. We looked at the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. We looked at even, looked at even the natural abilities that we, we, we have. You know everyone here has a natural ability. Look at people in sports. We looked at sports. We look at sports. Look at football. Look at boxing. Look, look, look at, look at, look at uh, whatever kind of sport you think about. People have made a mark. People have actually become synonymous to some of the sports that they play. Is that right? If I mention soccer, football, some, somebody will come to your mind. Because they've done it so well and you think they are, they are the sport. They are not the sport. They've just become, they've done so well in it that you think they are the sport. Is that right? I talked about painting. Even the natural ability to be a painter. All that a painter needs is a canvas, a brush, and some paint. And when he gets a canvas, a brush, and some paint, the inspiration begins to flow out of him. It's all natural. Look at the world of arts, music. You get a five-year-old kid, and you give him or her the microphone, and the my God, the peach, the peach. Where did she get it from? She was born with it. You don't go to school to learn that. Many are being in school for a long time. They, don't, they, they, can't, <laughs> they can't even hit a note. <laughs> they can't hold they can't, they, can't, <laughs> they can't hold a note they're jumping from G to, to this and running all over the place I've heard many people come this is not here though this was back when I was growing up in the church and some women would say pastor I have a special number <laughs> when they got the microphone they came up and they told us listen to my voice not to the, uh, listen to the lyrics of the song not to my voice and when they were done singing, we knew why they told us to. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you find a, year, a, five, a five-year-old kid, a ten-year-old kid, 
and they, they hit the notes and they, the, the, the pitch is amazing. The voice is amazing. Is that true? Look at culinary arts. The, uh, the, the ability to cook. Five-year-old kids cooking up the most sumptuous, delicious delicacy you've ever tasted. Amazing how they cook. And some of them say, well, I learned, I watched some of these programs on TV. I learned from my grandma. Well, you learn from, no, it runs in your blood. It runs. Some people just, some people can't cook. They're 20, they can't cook. They're 30, they can't cook. And you are 10, you're cooking up this stuff. It's not what you learned. It's what you have. It flows in you. Everyone say natural. Everyone say natural. The church, for the most part, have neglected the natural side of man. Totally neglected the natural side. And people are caught up in, I give a breakthrough. I give a tithe, a breakthrough. And I'm not against tithing. And I'm not against giving. But if you think only giving and tithing is what brings the breakthrough, I don't even know what to say to you. You've got to develop, develop yourself. Tell your neighbor, develop yourself. Develop yourself. Develop yourself. Praise God. I said, praise God. Develop yourself. Apply yourself. Don't be a novice. And I thought someone would say, no, no, that's not what I wanted you to say. I wanted you to say, God help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So today my emphasis is how can I get more? Because everyone has been given something, but how can I increase that which I have? And how to do this is to be faithful with what you have already. Amen. Amen. And when you're faithful with what you have, God will make you a ruler over much. Amen. Praise the Lord. I read the story of the prodigal son in, in the book of Luke chapter 15. I don't want you to turn there, but if you read that from verse 11, uh, you heard the story of this young man that came to his father and said, give me all that belongs to me. And the Bible said the father gave him all that belonged to him. And he went into a far country and he, he wasted the goods through riotous living. And the Bible says he began to want uh, or began to run into lack. I don't read the story a lot of times from the beginning. Rather, I read it from the end. I read the story from when the young man began to suffer. And then I came to the conclusions that if you will be prodigal, don't expect increase. Did, did you hear me? I read the story from the end. When the young man realized that I've, I've dishonored my father... I've wasted the goods. He began to desire to eat what the pigs he was feeding at. And no one would employ him. 
And he said to himself, my father's servants eat better than this. I'll go back. And I'll say, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Just take me back as a servant, not even as a son. So when I read it, I don't read it from the beginning. I read it from the end. Why? Because I came to the understanding that if you will be prodigal, if you would misuse it, don't expect it to come. The parable was not just given to us for us to see what someone would do, how they waste the goods or resources that is given to them. It is also given to us to show us how if we would not be found faithful, we would not get it in the first place. Did somebody get that? Yeah. I said, did somebody get that? Yeah. There's no need asking for increase when you are not ready for increase. God, give me. People are doing prayer, night prayers. Lord, bless me. Lord, increase me. No, before the Lord will increase you, the question is, are you ready? Ask your neighbor, are you ready? How do you get ready? Number one, listen now. How do you get ready? Number one, and this is the most important, this is the most fundamental. I'll finish with this. You've got to give your life to the Lord. God is not a means to the end. You don't use God. God uses you. Amen. Amen. Don't use God. Praise God. It's not, God's not a means to the end. So first and foremost, you've got to give your life to Jesus and you've got to fall in love with him like crazy. It has to be Jesus in your rising up, Jesus in your lying down, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noonday, Jesus at night. Praise God. Number two. The fear of God has got to come to you. You've got to say, Lord, baptize me in the spirit of the fear of God. It's not just about God giving you stuff. Because if God increases you, if you lack the fear of God, you would use it incorrectly. Are you listening to me? The fear of God has got to come. If you're born again, then the next thing you need to ask the Lord to do is to baptize you in the spirit of the fear of God. The Bible said the fear of God is a beginning of wisdom. The Bible said the, the, the fear of God is to depart from the evil way. Are you listening to me? Fear God. I say fear God. Amen. I say fear God. Amen. Number three, you've got to cultivate the love of God. I want to say the love of God. You've got to cultivate the love of God. If you don't love God, you won't love anyone. Are you listening now? Even the love we have in our hearts is the love that the Holy Ghost has shed abroad in our hearts, the Bible tells us. And we can't even love God. People say, I love God. Well, you love God because He first loved you. You know, you couldn't love God. You know, you didn't have the capacity to love God. But that love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It's deep down in your spirit. You've got to reach, out, reach down there and pull that love out and release it on people. Can someone say Amen. Because when you operate in the love of God, then you're not selfish. You're selfless. Say it, I'm not selfish. I'm selfish. I'm selfless. I'm selfless. 
Jesus was selfless, so I'm selfless. Can someone say amen? 